Kate. I'm Lisa. And I'm Sean. And this is Watcher Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. Hey guys, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, today I have, I'm still on a cider kick, but I have a current cider, which is, um, it, they unfortunately shut down uh, recently, partly because of the pandemic, but it was this really great uh, cider company that was based in Philadelphia. Oh, no. So, so when they shut down, I like bought a couple of four packs just to to have something to remember them by. Yeah, that's a shame. What about you guys? Um, I'm drinking a screwdriver. I don't know why. It's You do what you got with what you have. So we have like a bunch of liquor, but no mixers right now so i'm drinking it with orange juice that we have from the very involved twin peaks party we had last night with three people um which i, I can debrief with you guys at a different time but it was a lot of fun so now we have like donuts pie bunch of like juice and diner food and pancakes and like we ate so much so quickly that we were too tired to have fun after so <laughs> So I'm drinking a screwdriver. <laughs> sure. I always think of screwdrivers as something that like grandmothers drink. I don't know why it seems like well, an old woman drink to me. You're doing something right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty delicious. Were, like the first thing that I ever drank and got too drunk on. So yeah. I don't think I will be consuming a screwdriver ever again, even yeah. though it's been like 15 years and I still don't think I will. Yeah. It's, a, it's not that bad though. Mm. What about, about you, Lisa? Lisa? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm drinking chai tea. Nice. Oh, probably because it's, like it's like five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> where it's you are. only 5.30 in Washington <laughs> and I don't have any alcohol in my house and I really didn't feel like running to the grocery store. So it's a, it's a chai tea kind of day. Well, okay. So on today's episode, we are going to be looking at uh, detentions within Hogwarts and the Harry Potter universe. Um, this is a topic that for some reason we were all super interested in. I don't think it's something I thought about a ton while I was actually like anytime I'm reading the books, but when I think Kate, you suggested it, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to talk yeah. about the falls, crazy detentions that are in the <laughs> Harry Potter book. They're so violent. They're, <laughs> they're just so inappropriate. They're kind of hilarious, though. As an adult, going back as someone who has, like, loosely worked with teenagers, I'm like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> like, I want to <laughs> scare them, too. Like, there's, teenagers are the worst people in the world. <laughs> and I'm 30. <laughs> so. so, Kate, before we dive into the books, um, you actually did some research on yeah. the kind of uh, detention punishment culture within British boarding schools to sort of, like, prep us for... Yeah. this whole experience. So do you want to talk about what your yeah. research showed? Yeah, my instinct was that this was not just rooted in J.K. Rowling's like fantasy land of like magical wizarding boarding school. Um, so I looked into British bo boarding school like detentions and discipline and I was not expecting any of what I found except that they used the cane very liberally. So like beating you with a, a stick or whatever. But um Okay, so I found a Vice article um, specifically about like the long-term psychological trauma experienced by people who went to British boarding schools. Um, 
And so they interview this London-based psychotherapist who says he can spot an ex-boarding school student um, who's now like an adult at first glance based on a kind of wounded quality. So it's like, okay, so there's something that they now call boarding school syndrome. Um, so we'll refer to it as BSS if we refer to it again. Um, and they call it an avenue to lasting psychological trauma. Um, and it's part of developmental trauma that manifests as adult dysfunction and they call it quote, a British problem. So British boarding schools are like, apparently notorious for being almost militaristic in the discipline required um, like by the faculty from the students and they call it like I read this article once so I have a loose grasp but it's like sort of a legacy of like the British colonial like ethos of like stiff upper lip and valuing military precision and like being like of good stock and in fighting form and it's like so how they instilled those principles and ethics were through like just beating the shit out of children so like there's this one boarding school um that like if you slouched in class you would like get a detention or like look out the window during a lesson and like get the cane essentially um but then it also gets a lot darker than that so some people spoke to um sexual trauma that they experienced at boarding school from older students or from like faculty um and then i read an account by this guy who said that uh it wasn't always just from like the teachers or like the vice principal or whatever um instilling discipline but like almost like peer-to-peer -peer policing each other. So like in Harry Potter, we see the prefect system. Um, in this one person's experience, there was sort of like the prefect of their group who would, like if you did something that reflected poorly upon like, I don't know what the equivalent of the house is, but if you like did something that got your peers in trouble, they would like take you into the dormitory and beat the shit out of you. Um, so, why I'm bringing this is because I think it's important to give us some context um, as to like the severity and almost like how funny it is that at Hogwarts they can do this shit to children. Like it kind of happened in real life and it's not a secret in British culture. Um, and so I also looked into whether or not JK went to boarding school and she didn't. She just like wrote it based on like her fantasy of like what boarding school might be like. So that's also important to note, but I didn't want to get into this um, thinking it was just funny because some of it is, but some of it's very rooted in like very real intergenerational trauma. <laughs> yeah, I'd be really interested to know. Um, and if there's anyone listening to this who uh, is from the UK or has like a family member from the UK, I, I'd be curious to know if like that concept of like, this is what happens in boarding schools or this is what used to happen in boarding schools, if that mm -hmm. is something that you like is pervasive in the culture to the point that like, you know about it, even if you didn't go. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like in the US, like I never went to Catholic school, but like my pop-up went to Catholic school and he used to talk about how the nuns would like beat them with rulers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my dad has really similar stories. Yeah. And this yeah, was only in like, you know, the seventies where he's like getting the shit beat out of him by nuns. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like kind of a joke in, I don't know if the whole U S but at least, you know, the Northeast part of the U S where we're from originally, 
where it's like everyone kind of knows someone who had like themselves or a family member or someone who went to Catholic school and got like the shit beat out of them by yeah. a nun. Yeah, um, if, if that's like the similar, you know, kind of experience in England. Yeah. And I think it's um, a little bit more pervasive in the culture there, perhaps. Um, like there's a lot about how the schools are reformed now, but people are kind of like wink, wink, like, no, it's not. Like the legacy of it, of the practices lives on in the, in like the buildings and the institutions themselves. And I even read a little bit about um, how in parliament certain like MPs have a reputation as like, you know, they were like of a certain boarding school and they kind of treat the people around them differently. It's like very strangely intertwined with like, I don't, I don't really know. I think it's a little like we can get a sense from what Catholic school is like, but it's like kind of fucking weird. Uh, but not to say it's like that anymore because I don't know, really know what I'm talking about. I read like three articles, so there's my disclaimer. I don't need to be offensive. But um, one more little factoid before we get into the Harry Potter detentions. Um, I read an article from 2011 that was like, <laughs> don't send your children to boarding school because it's romantic from Harry Potter. So like in 2011, <laughs> so they had seen the numbers of enrollment in boarding schools go like down and down and down over the decades. And then Harry motherfucking Potter came out and the movies were coming out. And by 2011, enrollment was like slowly increasing again, which they attributed to the film franchise because it's so romanticized. And like parents are like, oh, well that seems good for them. like. Let's let them do that. So, what kid reads Harry Potter and they're like, hmm, that seems like a good environment? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, that was awesome. Thank you, Kate. That was actually, that was really interesting. Um, and actually, you. it makes sense because they actually talk a little bit about in Harry Potter, in I guess it's the, for, I, maybe it's Sorcerer's Stone. When does Dudley go to, what is it called? Like smelting? Oh, and smeltings. Yeah. Like smeltings with his cane. Yeah, because remember there's that one scene. He's I don't know dandy. why. It's always really funny to me, but like Harry is saying something and um, uh, Mr. Dursley is like, hit him with your stick, Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they talk about how like at that boarding school, they use the canes to like, yeah. sometimes the kids would just like whack each other with them. Yeah, I think Harry's, like, making fun of maybe of, like, because they, like, describe his, you know, Dudley's uniform, and it's, like, you know, these, yeah. like, little shorts and, like, yeah. long socks, <laughs> and Dirt's, like, like, hit him with, Vernon's, like, hit him with your stick. <laughs> hilarious. So she does, she does make a, you know, some sort of reference to the standard British boarding school experience. Yeah, probably with enough distance for her that it's funny. <laughs> Right, because she doesn't have right. to deal with the, the yeah. trauma that Dudley is about to. Yeah, yeah. right. And she's, it's a trauma oh that my. she never experienced, God. so she can mock it. Dudley has trauma. Oh, we can explore that at some point. Yeah. Dudley's <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh my God, that just clicked, Sean. Poor kid. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go back to your, your boarding school <laughs> trauma. The trauma we episode. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Which we are not qualified to do. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we'll sorry. start diving in. Um, we'll kind of do a run through of, we kind of collected all of the instances where they talk about detention, at least for the most part for our main characters. So for like our trio, um, there's a couple, like Neville has a bunch of detention mentions in here. So funny. For, 
poor Neville. Yeah. Um, and we'll kind of run through how the the vastly different types of detentions they give in this book for literally no reason because the 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 acts of you know the crimes are so different and the punishment pretty much never like matches the severity of them oh it doesn't Um, make any sense but i do just want to give a shout out uh besides our own research um the website harry potter lexicon was super helpful in this they they actually did compile a lot of the detentions as well and that was super helpful to me in my research so i just want to thank them um for doing some of that work for me so i used some information from harrypotter.fandom.com that was also very useful so shout out to them as well so lisa do you want to start with uh harry potter and the sorcerer's stone the de- i think we only get like one major detention there but it's it's yeah. like a big one i mean yeah i mean that's the thing about you know sorcerer's stone we're really throwing them right in with this one yeah um you know there's the movie and the books are slightly different um, you know, in the movies, uh, the detention is held with Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Draco. When in the books, um, Hermione's actually not there and Neville is. Um, and I think that is an important distinction. Well, um, in the book, it's Harry, Hermione. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. It's not Ron's Ron. Ron's not there. Um, yeah. and, but I, again, I think that's um, an important distinction um, is that um, because when during their detention they are being (laughs) herded around the forbidden forest which is (laughs) known for being full of like acromantulas and centaurs who don't like humans and lots of other creatures who could pose a ton of really big threats to these children again (laughs) 11 years old these children are 11 um and in the book, Neville is initially paired up with Draco Malfoy and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so to, to give you guys a, a reminder, um, if it's been a while since you read the books, so the, the premise of them getting the detention in the first book is that Harry and Hermione are attempting to return Norbert to um, Charlie Weasley's friends. So they, they bring... I never actually understood. I don't know how big this fucking cloak is because they're like, oh, they fit two <laughs> children <laughs> and like a, a, a massive, yeah, a massive crate with it, but whatever. So they like drag this crate up to like the astronomy tower and like give it to Charlie Weasley's friends. And on their way back, they forget the cloak and are caught, you know, out of bed. So they're, I think they each lose like 50 points for Gryffindor and they get sent to detention. And then mm. Malfoy and Neville are also out of bed. Um, Malfoy's trying to get them in trouble. Neville's trying to like stop them from getting in trouble. It's a whole cluster. Everybody gets attention. Everybody <laughs> loses 50 points. Right. And then they Except get sent Draco to the- seems to not lose 50 points. I feel like he, you know what? I would say I feel like he does, but as we know, there's just no justice to the point system at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. So maybe no. he doesn't. Just doesn't matter. Um, and so they all get sent to the Forbidden Forest. Wait, ex- like specifically, they are sent because something is killing unicorns. And yeah. into Hagrid's the forest. Like, Hagrid's yeah. like, I need the help of these four 11-year-olds to find yeah. what's killing unicorns <laughs> in the forest. It's the only thing that makes sense. Um, so like, I've, I pulled a quote here. So Draco is like not having it. He's a rich kid. He's like whatever so he's like 
why am I here? And Hagrid's like, you did something wrong. Now you got to pay. And he's like, but this is servant stuff. It's not for students. Like I thought we'd be copying lines. And ha Hagrid essentially is like, I'm not at Hogwarts. Like this is how it goes at Hogwarts. <laughs> right. There's no rules or regulations. Uh, yeah. We don't regulate detentions here. It's yeah. basically whatever we feel like doing. Right. And that one, you know, three pieces of dialogue is like enough to like shut off up. to the races in the, yeah. in the, the world of wizarding. Right. And it's yeah. not even like the three, like the four 11 year old children mm -hmm. get to stay with the big half giant man. Mm -hmm. No, instead, again, they are split into groups of two. <laughs> and like, what, yeah. I, what, Why? I really, Why? what I love about this and what I just keep returning to is like, because I feel, and we're going to talk about this later, but I feel like when you talk about Harry Potter detentions, like everybody thinks about Umbridge immediately. And they're yeah. like, oh my God, it's so horrific. And it, it is, but like, they're like, oh, that's the worst attention. But mm -hmm. my thing is that like, what Umbridge was doing was terrible, but it was also like, she was really doing it off the books, right? Like no right. one- she was like, supposed to be terrible. Yeah. And like no one, none of the other professors knew she was doing it because there was the sense mm -hmm. they were like, well, if like Dumbledore knew he would stop her. Yeah. But in this one, someone went to Dumbledore and was like, should we send- these four 11 year olds into the forbidden forest again yeah. to find something that's killing uniform unicorns and Dumbledore is like I don't give a shit send those babies <laughs> into the woods like just get after it that's it makes sense oh man is this him like not trying to be overtly favoriting like his trying not to like show his favoritism of Harry he's like yes let's take them into the woods <laughs> I'll like, give him I think a half of it. Later. Well, and I think half of it's always a test for Harry, right? So, like, he's doing it to see if Harry will do it, if he can succeed, if he'll be brave, Ugh. and like, well, okay, whatever your weird like that's wrong and Hunger Games <laughs> play with Harry Potter is like leave Hermione, Neville, and Draco out of it, like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and remember, it. like, no one they actually didn't get caught moving the dragon, right? Yeah. They no. were all sent into the woods because they were like out of bed after hours yeah. like they, this right. wasn't a serious crime right i doubt that even crossed dumbledore's desk but mcgonagall has too much sense so it doesn't it doesn't usually track why do they trust hagrid like, hagrid's an idiot like why are they trusting him is, is that mean to say no i completely not agree. very smart i mean he's not a qualified wizard yeah no. Right. So like who was gonna protect them? I know he had like he had dog. his crossbow, right? Okay. And he had a big dog. Yeah. Big dog. That's it. Big dog who likes to lick people's ears. <laughs> oh my god. It feels like this punishment kind of happens like early and is like physical harm and danger is just sort of the tone of like the adults, the, the adults aren't here to protect you like you just have to try not to get in trouble <laughs> and then you won't be in a dangerous situation will you it's like really fucked up um one he thing definitely like backs off after this because i guess she's like i can't escalate this any further like i started so hot and yeah. now like all i can do is cool the situation down in, in following books yeah um they actually like they bring physical danger in I mean, like very early, like literally day one of the classes, 
um, Harry and Ron get lost on their way to like their first class ever and they're like trying to use a door that's locked and Filch is like I'm gonna hang you in the dungeon <laughs> like like I wish I could hang you upside down in the dungeon it's just like an ever like physical danger is like just part of it apparently I don't know if we noticed that as children do you think you guys noticed that I think we 11? noticed it but like I don't think we took it seriously or really thought about it. We were like, oh, Filch. Yeah. You know, like, but that's the thing. As you think about it, you're like, Dumbledore. Yeah. Why are you hiring these maniacs? Yeah. Don't you have a better application process? No, well, we we Just see that he does objects. it. Look, well, I he mean, hires over barring the, the defense against the dark arts, which is cursed, right? But like <laughs> the rest of the positions, right? You have like quality teachers like McGonagall and Professor Sprout and Flitwick, and then you have like Snape who actively like gets off on bullying children psychologically, and yeah. then you have Filch who often asks Dumbledore for more leniency in torturing children. Yeah. And then you have Hagrid, who, like, I love him, but he should be in prison. (laughs) He's very dangerous. I don't get any of it. Do you remember when he was like, oh, I illegally bred these creatures that are super dangerous. (laughs) Children care for them. Um, Another thing, so Loki, I spent all day going through the books, reading the detentions and all the context, but, um, so you remember when Harry, like at their first flying lesson, he goes and he catches the remember all or whatever, and McGonagall grabs him and he thinks he's in trouble. So they go yes. to Flitwick's classroom and McGonagall's like, I'm going to need to borrow wood for a second. And Harry thinks it's a nickname for the cane she's about to beat him with. <laughs> like the assumption is violence and it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> like all yeah. can really normalize for our reading experience i think okay but then you get to chamber of secrets where mm-hmm. like the punishments are so minor for something that's actually a much more serious <laughs> like issue so as a reminder in chamber of secrets harry and ron are not able to get onto the hogwarts express and instead of just like waiting by the car like normal kids because like clearly Ron's parents are going to come out in like five minutes they're like we should steal this car and then we should fly it from the middle of London all the way to like the Scottish Highlands so they do and they're spotted and it like should be this massive you know issue where all these muggles are like look at this flying car all everyone knows about magic now and then they get to Hogwarts and they crash into the Whomping Willow they do mass damage to the tree they almost die and their punishments are no loss of house points because whatever with house points. <laughs> because um, the, the term wasn't in session yet. Yeah, yeah they, but they could get detention. They, so they, they, could... like, they like bartered for it. They were like, oh, professor, it hasn't even started yet. <laughs> She's like, oh, you too. She's like, all right, you skips. <laughs> okay, so, so massive, like, this is a like public relations crisis yeah. that they have just set off. Their punishments are... Harry has to sign autographs with Lockhart, and Ron has to polish the silver in the trophy room without magic. Shit end of the stick as usual, Ron Weasley. No, I'm going to argue. Okay, so I actively (laughs) think that the Gilderoy detention is one of the most inappropriate of the detentions. First of all, Gilderoy Lockhart 
right? Winner of no less than five times the Witch Weekly's <laughs> Most Charming Smile Award, right? <laughs> so you've got Gilderoy Lockhart, who is like a sex symbol for middle-aged women, mm-hmm. right? Middle-aged witches, right? Now, this is a horny group of people. Mm-hmm. Now, middle-aged I witches? Like, yeah, I just, well, I just feel like middle-aged women in general. <laughs> so you've got like... <laughs> There is no sexual peak, so it's true. True, right. So I feel like this is, he's answering fan mail, right? So how, first of all, Harry's 12 years old. How many of these letters are wildly inappropriate? (laughs) And this 12-year-old is reading this dirty-ass fan mail with the man they're being written to locked in a classroom together until after midnight with no one else around. Yeah. I feel adamant that this is so inappropriate. It should not be allowed. And I just get the sense that he was drinking the whole time, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if in the movie he was drinking, but I'm picturing him just like drinking and like just drinking wine. a pipe all night. And yeah. Yeah. No, he, it's super weird. Like, I think the, I agree with you. I think you're right. I love Gilderoy Lockhart like I love that character so I'm a little biased just because like I think he is such a phenomenal invention and I think that (laughs) scene is I think the detention scene is so bizarre and I just like I love it so much yeah just a wild detention and the fact that they were like Gilderoy requested you specifically yeah (laughs) oh oh and then he blames Harry the whole time he was just like saying weird shit to Harry. He's like, fame is a fickle friend, Harry. Harry's like, it's 1130 and I'm 11. I know, but it's a school night. Let me go to bed. Let me go to bed. It's so weird. Like, the fact that, okay, like, all weird punishments aside, the fact that apparently the detentions are just open-ended with timeline is wild. I've complained to you guys, and I'm sure over the course of this podcast, I'm going to say a million times the, like, various issues I have with J.K. Rowling's actual writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will give it to her. She can build a phenomenal character. I do think Gilderoy Lockhart is one of the best characters that she writes. Like, I, yeah. I think that it is just such a – he is such, like, a consistent character. Like, he has a shtick, and, like, oh, credit where credit's it. due, she, like, writes the hell out of him. Oh, my God. I'm going to ruin your life for a second. I'm so sorry. So as I told you, I just have been stoned reading these for six months now. And when I was reading Chamber of Secrets, I kept reading Lockhart as Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) He would just like walk into another teacher's lesson and be like, I'm the best. (laughs) He just like did that so much. And so I just started picturing it as like, I just... I put it in your hands to reread that book, picturing him as like Donald Trump, and I'm sorry, but it's hilarious. Oh no! <laughs> it mirrors pretty effectively because he's so just funny. so incompetent, and he has no idea what he's, he's doing. Like, and all the I professors are like, "No, no, 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 no! Please, no! <sighs> You've ruined uh, it for me." I'm sorry. No, you can get it back. I promise. You can. You can I forgot back. about it today, and then I. <laughs> sorry though. <laughs> All right, Kate, do you want to do Azkaban? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, 
Okay, so Lupin is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and he is out. We don't know why he's out at the time, and Snape is subbing for him. And so they go into their lesson, and Snape is like, open your books to whatever werewolf page, and all the students are like, we're not learning about that, we're not there yet, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, it's like that feeling, do you remember the feeling being in school and having a substitute teacher who you just fucking in the whole class wanted to revolt against so that's the vibe we have and um snape is asking the class about just werewolf random shit and hermione's the only one who knows and he keeps not calling on her and then like he like reprimands hermione for speaking out of turn or something and ron shows up and he says why would you ask the question uh she knows the okay she knows the answer why would you ask the question if you didn't want the answer and so his detention is to clean bedpans in the hospital wing with no magic, which I maintain Ron Weasley getting the short end of the stick, which it's like, it's worse because he grew up in a house where like his mother did everything and she did it with magic. So like he didn't learn how to clean things, let alone a bedpan with no magic. But I don't know how many students are in the hospital wing using bedpans so maybe it wasn't for that like bad. an hour he just stood there with a sponge being like what the fuck is this <laughs> like, like, what do i do with this i don't <laughs> wet how do i yeah um so that one's pretty awful but i really 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 want to talk through what happened to neville because reading it again i just i think he's a favorite character so do y'all remember when black serious black gets into the the boys dormitory mm-hmm. and so they realize that um so they like ask sir cadigan how he got in and he's like oh yeah i let a man in he read me every single password off of a list that he had with him and then they realize that neville wrote the entire week's passwords on a slip of paper and lost it in the castle um so he gets detention and then he's banned from hogsmeade's visits um, and then he's not allowed to have the password to the tower ever again, <laughs> which, which is, I just, I love him so much. It's just so <laughs> terrible to think about it. It's like, you can't get in yeah. to your own house dormitory <laughs> ever, which we already, which we, it is a plot point right yeah. later on. Um, and <laughs> also like, it's Crookshanks' fault. She's nicked all of his, pa- he nicked all of her his passwords. Is that what happened? Yeah, he brought yeah. him too serious. Oh, that's and isn't there that. something later on? So after and I, I love Sir Cadigan. Like, what is yeah. this? Oh, <laughs> I, it's just so great. Um, but so when he is replaced again, when they bring the fat lady back, um, doesn't she like demand they have like troll guards or they something? They have security trolls. Security trolls. So like, I remember there was a scene where like Neville is just like sitting out there and he's like scared <laughs> of the security trolls and he can't get in because he's not allowed to know the password anymore. <laughs> and like, that is such an extreme punish. There is just yeah. no, someone needs to like sit down and just like <laughs> put, I need it on the books that like the punishment must match the crime. Yeah. It doesn't. And it never does. It's like, uh, yeah. It's completely it arbitrary. Does. It's complete. So like to go over the like disciplinary measures at Hogwarts real quick, it's like deducting house points, which is entirely arbitrary. And like some 
house, what do they call them, the house heads? Some of the house heads like won't deduct points from students who are in their own house and shit yeah. like that. And then like they can take shit away. Um, but it's so like the fact that they had to have a policy against using transfiguration as a disciplinary measure speaks volumes to like how few fucks they actually gave about children's safety in this school. Um, and we learned that like it was only because Dumbledore was there that inflicting pain wasn't on the table for them. But so, like only kind of, right? Like true. only sort of not inflicting pain. That's true. You mean like physical harm? Right. Like apparently he didn't care about like mental trauma. No. It's just like no, no marks. Nothing no, they can say. No, Well, okay, so for Prisoner of Azkaban, I think that was it. Um, yeah, there weren't a lot of yeah. detentions. It wasn't a detention-heavy book. No, disappointing. 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 Who wants to talk about Goblet of Fire? Lisa, you want to do that one? Sure, yeah. So <laughs> Goblet of Fire is, um, there's a couple of good lead-ups to the detentions that happen in this book, but the detentions themselves are pretty low-key. Um, they're, of course, administered by Snape because I feel like most of the detentions are after a certain point. All the other teachers are like, whatever. And Snape is like, no, 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 no. You're getting these vile <laughs> detentions for doing nothing. Um, but basically, um, it's Harry and Draco, and they are fighting. Um, with each other um and so they're having like a duel and they they like hit each other and then ricochet off into Goyle and Hermione um and just another example of Snape psychologically torturing children um the spell that hits Hermione causes her two front teeth to just get bigger and bigger and bigger until it like finally grows past they, the, the description is that it grows past her collarbone at a certain point mm -hmm. and Ron and Harry are like, but look at her. And he's <laughs> like, I see no difference. It's like, fuck you, you uh, fucker. She's like and a 14 year old girl. Like she's, oh my God, it's just terrible. And then Goyle, who I'm not hundred percent, I don't remember exactly. I think he gets hit with like a frenunculus curse. Mm. And so he just starts sprouting like mushrooms all over himself. Um, and so the, both of them have to go to the hospital way and Draco of course does not get in trouble despite him being the one to initiate the fight um and uh Ron and Hermione or sorry Ron and Harry both get detention for intervening and uh their punishment is to like pickle rats brains in the dungeon yeah. which is like all right fine not the worst. I guess it's just like admin it's admin like, it's fine it's like not a big deal um that seems like an, a reasonable detention, actually. So, yeah. I, I, like, fine. All right. Pickling Good job, Snape. Fun. Good job, Snape. Yeah. Um, and then the next detention that you really actually see is poor Neville. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I love him. And Neville's is significantly more traumatic um, because his um, is because he's incompetent in class because Snape makes him super nervous. So the fact that he's just, like, doing a bad job in school and he's getting detention for it which is yeah. like first of all problematic in and of itself and second of all his is that he has to disembowel toads for potion <laughs> class and it's like all right like you have to make 
pickling rats brains is one thing but like cutting up a creature and like separating its organs also like a creature that you keep as a pet right <gasps> specifically oh, oh my god shit. i didn't think of that yeah he did that on purpose he that's totally did awful. that on purpose Asshole. Oh, ew. I was just like having warm and fuzzies for Snape because I was picturing him as Alan Rickman saying like petty, like I see no difference, but that's brutal. Yeah. I never even thought of that. Damn. I really that's love, um, I don't know, Lisa or Kate, I'm not sure which one of you added this quote about the detention, but the quote is Neville returned from it in a state of nervous collapse yeah. because once again, <laughs> like we just don't care about the psychological trauma that's happening to these students. It's just having such a terrible time. And also Neville actively in book three with Lupin, we, we know his greatest fear is Professor Snape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Professor Snape in and of itself is torture. All right. So, so that was Goblet of Fire. Um, Order of the Phoenix, I think is is probably the most famous in terms of detention, and that of course is the Umbridge uh, detention. Yeah. So Harry is in class with Umbridge and is basically talking back to her, insisting that Voldemort has come back, and that is not what she wants to hear, and that's certainly not what she wants the other students to hear. So, you know, she gives him detention and she tells him that he's going to write lines, and the quote from the book is. Um, Harry placed the point of the quill on the paper and wrote, I must not tell lies. He let out a gasp of pain. The words had appeared on the parchment in what appeared to be shining red ink. At the same time, the words had appeared on the back of Harry's right hand, cut into his skin as though traced by a scalpel. Yet even as he stared at the shining cut, the skin healed over again, leaving the place where it had been slightly redder than before, but quite smooth. I remember reading this and being like, even though we had clearly seen violence up to this point and we'd seen like a lot of violence because we're we're now past goblet of fire like we saw voldemort come back um and i remember still kind of being shocked by this violence i think because it was happening at hogwarts a place that like the the violence at hogwarts before had been almost comical right like it's so over the top like we're gonna send these kids into the forest like mm -hmm. there's these massive spiders that are gonna eat you or three-headed <laughs> dogs and there was something so like small and cruel and horrible about this scene that like really mm. impacted me as a kid yeah yeah I think it was just that it was so like blatantly sadistic like it wasn't there was she was doing it because like she knew it was the wrong thing to do like she knew it was intentionally evil mm -hmm. and I think that's why it like had more resonance whereas like you know Snape's were all definitely intentionally evil also but like you for some reason just gave him more allowances his were gross. His were like pickling, you know, gutting the a barrel of the pet you have in love and, you know, disemboweling them or whatever. But this was like, to me, it was like the actual dissolvement of like the veil between like just like the adult and child, like the adult supposed to protect the child the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like especially in this school where Dumbledore is still the headmaster and he's present and like there seemed to be a code of like there's a, actually there is a limit which is inflicting direct harm and completely crossed that line. And I remember being so pissed that Harry wouldn't go to McGonagall about what happened in the detention. Mm -hmm. Like he was like proving a point but like 
why what kind of point this is like yeah. if you are suffering at the hands of umbridge this way i bet other students are as well and lee were lee jordan had the same thing and it's like yeah. I don't know, even as an adult, it's like, why didn't you go to your teacher? Like, and just right. the, capturing that feeling of like, teacher is the safe space is like, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And so, so right. that I think is the, um, both that scene and that punishment, which we do see her use on other characters throughout the book is probably the main sort of detention um, from that book. But there's also um, educational decree number 25, where uh, the High Inquisitor, which is Floris Umbridge, uh, has supreme authority over all punishments, sanctions, and removal privileges pertaining to students, and the power to override any punishments given by other staff members. And Filch is super excited because he finally has the approval to whip students and like hang them from the weird chains that he keeps in his room and that they just let him keep. Yeah, it's an Dumbledore, what are you, get your Why? people in line. <laughs> Don't hire funny, Filch. It's so funny because, well, <sighs> Dumbledore is like low-key conservative. Like Dumbledore has his agenda, which he tends to. And then he like wants you to not overtly harm the children. Like you can't do that anymore. Like this is like <laughs> new Hogwarts, like new school. And like, what a piece of shit. Like letting Filch stay on, letting him keep his chains. Like also how old was Filch? that we were so far removed from a time when you can hang kids from their thumbs in the dungeon. It, I don't think he's that old. I don't think it was that long ago. Right, he's a squib. So like he doesn't have magical blood to keep him alive for our, like centuries, like Do Dumbledore. Wizards? No, but Wait, like what? Dumbledore, we know Dumbledore is like super fucking old. But no, like, he's not, is he? Yeah, he's like over 100. Yeah, no, he is. What? They're like they, they never really explain that super well either. No, they no don't. One told me about that. <laughs> yeah, no, Dumbledore's like super fucking old. And <sighs> so but like Filch doesn't have any of that. So like he's just gonna die like a regular human. And so you assume he's gotta be like, I don't know, minimum like maximum, like in his seventies. Oh, and he's is he on that wizard healthcare plan or that muggle healthcare plan? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no idea what's happening. Um, and I was just thinking about it. We actually do get a little glimpse of detention regulation back in book four, back in Goblet of Fire, um, when uh, Moody is transfigured Malfoy into the white ferret. Mm-hmm. And McGonagall comes rushing to him and goes, surely Dumbledore told you that we didn't use transfiguration to punish students. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah you might have mentioned it. And so they're having some sort of conversation. Yeah. But what is the conversation? Mm. Like, it clearly isn't like, okay, you know, there's a tier one detention, there's a tier two detention and like so on and so forth. It's clearly like, well, as long as I don't know about it, <laughs> whatever you want. Do you think there's more disregard for physical harm because it's easier for them to fix things? Like broken arms and right. dissolved bones? Like, yeah. oh, But they're like, there's no spell for your trauma. Yeah, <laughs> stiff upper lip. We don't talk about it. <laughs> we see oh, no wizarding yeah. therapy at any point. Oh my God, no. Okay, uh, so we'll move on to Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. In the first, so there's about two main detention scenes in this one. In the first, Harry is 
kind of giving lip to Snape during a Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Because uh, remember, we're now in the sixth book, so Snape is the Defense Against Dark Arts teacher. And they basically have an exchange where Harry, you know, says yes or something like that. And Snape says, yes, sir. And Harry replies, there's no need to call me sir, professor. It's just being... Ugh. A little, being a little dick Barf. to him. He's 16, just being a shit. Yeah, being so such a teenager. Gross. And so he's given yeah. detention. And you know what? I actually am going to give this one to Snape. I think Harry yeah. should have gotten detention <laughs> for this one. For sure. He definitely should have. He's he, being very disrespectful. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was being a little shit. So, uh, so he's given detention. All right, that's maybe the, the one in this entire list we could chalk up to being a, a fair turn by Snape. Yeah. Um, and his intention is that he has to sort out rotten flobber worms from good ones for use in potion ingredients without protective gloves. Yeah. What? And again, like, Snape, let, let, let us give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Snape gives out a lot of detentions, but, like, mm-hmm. they're pretty standard affairs. Yeah. This one is not a standard affair. Why? If you're dealing with undiluted bubo, uh, well, okay, yeah, I guess these are just rotten flobber worms. Never they're mind. rotten flobber worms. It's gross, but, like, whatever Snape's whole shit is that like he just likes to watch you clean stuff without protective gear or magic he might be the best professor when it comes to giving detentions that make sense I agree I mean honestly I think Snape just doesn't want to do some of these things yeah I forgot like in my head that this one was that he had to sort through the undiluted bubo tuber pus and I was like that is like super painful that's like dangerous that would be sadistic but I forgot it was just rotten flubber worms um no he's yeah, just no, gross he's shit that like he doesn't want to do yeah that's pretty smart it's, it's pretty good there. use of the system right. i'm also wondering if like right on the tail end of umbridge and all of that if they really had to tighten up on their punishments at hogwarts after it was like exposed everything she was doing so i don't think that because that would mean that dumbledore is like good at running that school and i don't believe that okay. or yeah taking any kind of active role in being a good headmaster so that's a great thought but i don't think that's true doesn't carry through yeah um so okay and then the second detention scene is one of i think the kind of one of the big emotional scenes of the book and will once again show that there there is just no correlation between what you do and what your punishment is so in this scene this is when harry kind of overhears malfoy talking to moaning myrtle in the in the bathroom And when Malfoy sees him, he, like, immediately starts firing his wand at him. They're in a duel. Uh, Malfoy goes to use the Cruciatus curse on him. And in retaliation, Harry uses a second Sempra, which at this point is a spell that he has only read in his potions book, um, the book that's been marked up by the person claiming to be the Half-Blood Prince. He has no idea what this spell does. It's just, like, an instinctual move. It just says for enemies next to it. Oh, yeah, it says for enemies. So you know it's not good. But, and it basically just leaves these massive gashes in Malfoy. Like, it it looks like he's going to bleed out on the bathroom's floor. Snape, I guess, hears what's going on, rushes in, is able to sort of stitch up Malfoy and, and save his life. And as punishment, Harry just gets detention every Saturday for the rest of term and has mm-hmm. to, like, refile Filch's old files. Just like, has to do admin work for almost killing a boy in the bathroom. Harry needs counseling. That is some like that's attempted murder. You that get real jail murder. time for that. Yeah. Like what? Like 
also it brings up a ton uh, brings up a ton of questions that like we and we've talked about this a little bit like did madame pomfrey have to teach sex education like did any of these children have to go through any kind of like risk management assessment of like they like when you don't know what a spell does don't use an unfamiliar spell don't do this don't do these things because it could be dangerous you could kill somebody by accident and like maybe we see their only flying lesson <laughs> but maybe we miss some of the other key stuff i don't know well it, it's kind of like um hermione's like distrust of the book the whole time is like harry you like we know better than to use books that like we we don't know where they come from or whatever to get um based on uh chamber of secrets how he was like communicating with the diary um so they like didn't trust the book but that seems like more of like a like a wisdom but not like a risk management thing mm -hmm. yeah so that's, that's just a Hermione. Really good question you're right Ugh, love her like i mean hermione is definitely more qualified to run this school than dumbledore definitely. but like <laughs> the I just don't understand. And yeah, he like, instead of getting an actual punishment or any kind of like counseling for this or anything like that, he just has to do a bunch of menial admin filing. And like in, in typical Snape fashion, because he does love psychological torture a little bit, the, the kind of, you know, the real sort of kicker of this is that he's refiling a bunch of stuff that essentially has like his dad and Sirius's write-ups on it. So he's yeah. like constantly encountering write-ups about the people that he loves that are dead because yeah. snape is psychologically manipulative yeah um and, and that is supposed to be what the real punishment is um and also that I, it's every saturday so i think he he's not yes. able to play quidditch after that right yeah oh, so, that's the, so that's so, the punishment but, as well but, but it's the big punishment but like at the same time it's like and again i'm not advocating for the torture of children but like it seems to be totally fine at hogwarts so like don't you think this is the appropriate time for it yeah stick them in the forest right? that's what you guys do <laughs> but i don't get it it's just it's so silly yeah and then so in obviously in harry potter and the deathly hallows our trio is not in Hogwarts, so we don't get to really see a ton of the detention that's happening. We do hear about it um, towards the end of the book when they kind of re-meet up with Neville in, in the Hogshead towards like the very end. And we basically learn that students are just being tortured uh, as a normal form of punishment. The Cruciatus curse is used just on pretty much everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. Students are encouraged to use that unforgivable curse on other students as a punishment like as a as a detention sort of thing so all kind of weird bizarre fun hogwarts detentions are gone and we're we're just straight up trying to murder it's kids tortured. at this point yeah. yeah i mean but that's what happens when death eaters run the school yeah so but it does it's also kind of like yo electo and amicus caro seem like fairly incompetent wizards i'm just gonna throw yeah, that out there like how like they're both really dumb like they're just like this brother and sister duo who are like really incompetent and then you've got snape at the at the head who's you know claiming not to be a death eater but is just like letting this run rampant mm -hmm. and then also all the other teachers who are clearly superior witches and wizards <laughs> doing nothing about it so i just uh i wish we could so get a spin-off i want the like neville spin-off of that year at Hogwarts. Right. Like I wish we got to actually experience it. 
a little bit to understand I know. it. I, it sounds way more interesting than what Harry, Ron, and Hermione were up to. I mean, so Ron bad. was oh just busy sulking for like a whole year. Yeah. I would kill cottage. I would kill to just get like Neville's seventh year at Hogwarts as opposed yeah. to like a million months camping with the trio. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that was shitty storytelling. Yeah, I hate. Oh my god, that book is so hard to get through because of how much time you spend with them camping. All right, so now that we've gone through all of the all of the books, I want to know what you guys think the worst punishment is, and then also what your favorite one is. Ooh. So, like for me, questions. the worst punishment is getting sent into the Forbidden Forest, mm-hmm. and my favorite punishment is having to answer Gilderoy Lockhart's fan mail, <laughs> his horny witch fan mail, his horny witch fan mail. It would be fun to hang out with him, I think. Um, oh no, because he is definitely an adult who's like twelve yeah. year old. Would you like some fire whiskey while you answer yeah. my horny fan mail? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then I think, so I think my worst one, and I, this is, this is new because I never think I thought about it. I do think that Neville having to disembowel the horned toads is maybe the worst one. I mean, barring like Umbridge aside, whatever, and Cruciatus curse, whatever. But like regular teacher disciplinary things, this one was really messed up. I'd never thought about the toad thing before. And I'm, my heart is breaking for Neville having to do that because it was so clearly traumatizing for him. And my favorite one is also answering horny witch mail because it's just so fucked up. It's, I hate it so much, but I also really love that it was allowed. <laughs> I hear you on those, definitely. I think for me, so I'm torn between the how scary it would be to go into the Forbidden Forest as an 11-year-old. Like, it's cool that you're not like, doing labor but you're also in the woods alone and then as the other worst one doing umbrage's detention of like scratching your own hand until it bleeds this is actually a really hard choice for me i think i think worst one would be umbrage's because you're like inflicting pain on yourself in a really grating way and then you can't say shit to her and she's right there um whereas in the forbidden forest like it might be spooky but you could be okay um, and I mean, then they get attacked by dumb, by Voldemort. I mean, it happens like eighty more times it's true. in the series. <laughs> it's fine. They're resilient. Um, I think my favorite one would be filing the detentions in Filch's office because it's just like menial task work, and then you get to be like, "My dad was an asshole. <laughs> Look at him! Like, wow, I get to read about what he did with his friends, and that's almost like an extension of learning about what they were like when they were alive." And um, yeah, I think that wouldn't be that bad. No. Can we agree on like a supreme worst one, most illegal detention? Oh, I mean, Umbridge is the most illegal detention. Yeah, probably the most, most illegal. illegal. Like, 100%. Okay. I mean, yeah, the Cruciatus curse is definitely, but that's, like, not Hogwarts oh. anymore. That's, like, Yeah, there yeah. were, like, no that's laws like at that point. in Hogwarts. Um, but, like, in actual Hogwarts, Umbridge is 100% the most illegal. Yeah. Until it was legal. Exactly. Until she made it legal. Yeah. Awesome. So... This was great. Thank you, guys. Um, If you want to tell us about your favorite Hogwarts detention or your least favorite Hogwarts detention, um, you can contact us at watcherharrypod at gmail.com. 
So it's W-O-T-C-H-E-R, HarryPod at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you think. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We should have our next episode out in a couple of weeks. Um, if you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, you should get an update as soon as the next episode is out. And we'll also um, be posting it on our own social media, which I'll include links to those in the show notes. Thanks, everybody. Thank Let you, Let us guys. know if we missed anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about your favorite detention or we just missed one. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by Lisa Moen, Kate Kelleher, and me, Sean Fitzpatrick. It's edited by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre, Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.